Hello, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gabe. Welcome to the Podcast Bound in Pale Leather, a podcast dedicated to the Chronicles of the Kenserat by PC Hodgel. All gates and hands be open to you. Hi Gabe, how you doing? I'm I'm stellar. <laughs> how are you, Mom? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, for everybody listening, this is our very first podcast ever. And Mom has listened to a grand total of, like, five episodes of Sawbones. I, I, That's what she knows about podcasts. I think I've listened to, like, maybe 25. I just listened to the Royal Rife episode. Um. So, okay, Mom has listened to a grand total of 25 episodes of podcasts. Yeah, so. yeah, 25. I've listened to, like, this many podcasts. Sorry, was that five? Was that five podcasts? I I held up two hands. I do this many. Okay, congratulations. Nine podcasts. I made them all gone. (laughs) I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. The reason that we started, that we decided that we wanted to do a podcast about uh, Chronicles of the Kenserath. In the world? About the most obscure books in the world. They have languished in obscurity for so long. And quite frankly, Gabe and I got so tired of being the only people who had ever heard of these books. And Gabe said... Everyone who follows my blog is sick to fucking death of hearing me talk about these books. I'm sure it'll be nice for them to get me out of their hair for a while. I've given this series of books to like six different people with these, please, please read this book. Uh, And so Gabe said uh, about a month or so ago... We should just create the content that we want in the world. So we decided- in my defense, in my defense, it was a joke at the time. <laughs> and then we started talking about how cool it would be. And then suddenly, now we're here. Now we're here. So that's <laughs> the backstory of this whole situation. And I've never recorded anything, and my mother has never even really listened to that many podcasts. So. Um, just kind of bear with us, just sort of give us the benefit of, um, not really the doubt, but maybe the benefit of some pity. Well, um, you know, yeah, pity, pity, I, I, I like to, patience. I like to think patience. of it as, like patience? I, I like, I actually <laughs> like to think of it as very, this is like such a thing that Jame from the Kensereth, Chronicles of the Kensereth would do, the main character. Uh, and she would so totally just rush headlong in. And what's the line that Torison had said? You know, one of these days we're going to find the Riverland in complete destruction. Oh, and you I was told, I was expecting to find the Riverland in shambles and you in the middle of it looking uh, apologetic. Absolutely. So, Which, in her defense, it's well, usually not her fault. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So, um, there's one of the one of the important things to bear in mind about this podcast is that the reason that uh, part of the reason that it came up is because, like I said, I've given like six different people this book as gifts. And with these, please, please, oh, please read this book. <laughs> and and yeah, like my friend every two weeks has me like wander in and be like, hey, you know what you should do now that you have like an hour long commute on a subway? You should read the Ken's <laughs> And and both Gabe and I have our own style for describing these books or giving a brief overview of the series. Gabe has a actually a pretty clear and coherent explanation of like the trajectory of the books and you know what the storyline is, whereas I just basically ramble about how fantastic the world is and the basic essential qualities of the characters and things like that. 
we thought to ourselves, you know what? A podcast would actually be a really good opportunity for the two of us to just kind of ramble around about this. And so here we are. And so here we are. So here's the thing. The Chronicles of the Kenserath tell the story from the perspective of the main character, who's is a who's a young woman named Jame. J-A-M as in magnificent. It's Jane spelled with an M. Thank you. James spelled with an M. So you can see the difference already, can't you? So, uh... <laughs> Jame is a part of a species of people that are called the Kensir. And the Kensir are charged by their god to protect the universe from this source of evil. All of that to me is really just kind of wit. Well, it's it's relevant because the relevant detail here is the Kenserath, their god-given duty is to fight this being called Perennial Darkling, and they have been losing for 30,000 years, one dimension at a time, as they retreat and lose whole worlds to this creature. And so we pick up, like, the novels pick up kind of in... The Kenserath have pretty much broken down as a society. It's been 30,000 years with no word from their god and no sign of their destiny picking up steam, so they're not heavily motivated to get things done. Half the culture believes that the, you know, promised fight with Perimal Darkling is a myth and it's never going to happen, so the handful of people who are still strong proponents of hey even if our destiny even if our god is fake even if our destiny isn't real like we still there the darkness still is so we still have to fight those people are the extreme minority and jame and eventually her twin brother torison are the loudest voices in favor of continuing the fight. Very well described, Gabe. Beautifully described and encapsulated in a coherent way, which is something like I said. I, I talk about do. these books a lot. <laughs> I talk about these books a lot, and I have a much clearer. Um, I have a much more targeted goal of getting people to read them than my mother does. I yes, think. Yes. Yes. I am of, much more like on point about it. One of the ways that you described this book that I loved so much was that ultimately in the first book, Godstock which we'll get into next week. Jame has woken up halfway through playing this very complex game of her people, and she doesn't even realize that she's playing a game in the very beginning, except that she knows all of the moves. But the game is really complex, there are a lot of rules, it is a life and death game, and Jame just has to figure it out. And uh, there is something really ballsy about that, which I think is fantastic. Apparently, I've, I've written like five separate um, posts about how much I love these books and how much everyone wants to needs to read them immediately. And uh, I found what apparently I thought at some point, probably at two in the morning, was like a cohesive list of highlights that I enjoy out of these books. Would you would you like some of those? I would love some of those. Please hit me. Get back to your mic. You sound all echoey. I'm right here. <laughs> hit me. I am um, ready for right, those. So the very classic high fantasy ultimate battle of good versus evil vibe, uh, a la sort of, I don't know, Lord of the a very classic low fantasy gray morals and rooting out corruption vibe uh circa i don't know lies of Locke lamora 
umbrella, maybe. Mm-hmm. Political machinations and complicated loyalties. If you are in the market for a book with a lot of political scheming, this is the book for you. Carnivorous armed unicorns and walking trees. Not like ant- like trees that walk on their roots. It's fine. They, they do a great job. Um, really interesting world building, though. The magic is really bizarre. The the Kenseras, as this sort of alien species to the world they currently live on, as they've been chased down the this line of dimensional world uh, away from the creature they've been fighting. They they're very subtly not quite right in the world they live in now, and that's that's a really cool world building technique that I've never really seen anywhere else. And then you have Jame who spends a hundred percent of her time trying to do the right thing and uh, leaves a massive trail of destruction in her wake anyway. Her twin brother Torison, who is the Lord of the Kenseras and mostly against his will and who is therefore juggling daily attempts on his life and the ongoing challenge of keeping his people together and on sort of on the on task and dealing with uh, the massive trail of destruction in his sister's wake. Kindry eventually shows up and he's an angel. He's the only good person in this series. Really gorgeous battle scenes. There's there's such a thing as a good author who nonetheless cannot write a good fight scene. <laughs> I love J.R.R. Tolkien and everything in The Lord of the Rings very much. The man cannot write a cavalry battle to save his goddamn life. Yep, that is true. He was not Um, a cavalryman. Not a horseman by any stretch of the imagination. And I really enjoy a well-written battle scene, and PC Hodgel does an exceptionally good job with them. The writing style is really gorgeous and very vibrant and sort of saturated. Uh, If you've ever read Holly Black, The Darkest Part of the Forest, I would say would be a good comparison point for that. Um, The Great Book of Amber is a not just the weird magic, but also for the political machinations. And my my one true narrative love, my heart of hearts, Robin McKinley, is I would say the closest I've ever co- I've ever seen to PC Hodgel's writing style in these books. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I personally am really kind of a sucker for any you know piece of literature that really has a strong vibe of you know we are beset on all sides and yet holding strong. Like that's really my particular flavor of kryptonite. Right. So uh, these books are very much into that particular yes. vibe, and I do enjoy that. The other comparison point: you're welcome to you're you're welcome to just talk I, if you. I'll want dive to, in but, when um, I'm. I'll dive in when I need to. You're on. Please go ahead. Um, the other comparison points I would throw out would be Robin McKinley, obviously for writing style, and I would say that the Kenserath is even weirder magic than like Chalice. But oh, yeah. uh, do read Robin McKinley if you're listening to this because you've already read the Kenserath and you're li- like in the market for a recommendation. Do read Robin McKinley and everything she's ever written. Good talk. Thanks for like the attention to detail and the societal like build up and construction. I would compare it to Anne Leckie's Imperial Rock, the Ancillary. Mm-hmm. which, again, really delightful, hard sci-fi rather than high fantasy, but very good. Or I recently read and subsequently had, like, a couple of really genuine, like, creepy dreams about Into the Drowning Deep by Myra Grant, a.k.a. Shauna McGuire, and her, you know, delicate touch for horror and beauty and the intersection thereof, I would say, is also a very good comparison point. Mom has not read Into the Drowning Deep. She's read everything else I just talked about, but she has not read Into the Drowning Deep because if she did, she would never go outside again because she lives a block from the ocean. 
I do. So once we move to a place where I'm not right next to the ocean, I mean, I have, I've sometimes have a hard enough time going out into the dark because of the zombie moose that are flying around there, you know? I mean, because... You're just, you're afraid of the dark, Mom. I'm, a, okay. I am, I'm afraid of the dark because there are things out there in the dark that are actually, I mean, zombie moose exist and zombie lobsters, I don't know. Yeah, into the brown deep is not going to help with that mentality, but I do recommend it for anyone else who's in the market for murder mermaids. But, Lovely book about murder mermaids. Very horrifying. Deeply enjoyed it. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, so we just, we just mentioned that I'm afraid of the dark. That's right. I'm a 52-year-old woman who's afraid of the dark. Okay? We'll just get that I mean, on it. That's just intense, you know, but... yeah, you know, there you go. But here's the thing. This series, it's super dark, and I absolutely love it. But the reason that it's super dark is not because horrible people are doing horrible things and they're getting away with it. It's because horrible things happen. Sometimes, people... Although there are horrible people doing horrible things. No, no, no. Let me, let, let me finish. There are horrible things that happen. Sometimes those horrible things are done by horrible people. And Jame is the one who realizes that just because in her particular life, honor is the most important thing in her life doesn't mean that she has to submit to doing a horrible thing just because it would be honorable to do it, to follow that order. I really love that. That's my jam. That is the other really, like, major concept that this book is really into is the concept of honor and specifically to the extent that the Kenserafs are, are so obsessed with honor that their whole society is more or less based on it. And there's this concept called honor's paradox, which is the question of basically your honor is defined as doing what your Lord tells you to and your Lord tells you to do something dishonorable. What is the right answer? Mm -hmm. Like, do you... Is it better to be loyal to your Lord and dishonor yourself or be disloyal, not do the dishonorable thing, but also lose all honor in the process? Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting that it's handled really well as a discussion, not just of at what point can you no longer live with yourself, but also with the question of like, at what point does the abuse of power become so significant that you are no longer obliged to do what they say? Exactly. Like, are, like, at what point is assuming that you have power over another person, is, is it even possible for that to be like, a moral damned like and the Kenserath as a culture are so obsessed with this question of honor's paradox that they've more or less destroyed their society obsessing over it and it, uh, the, I would say that this book overall is a very good breakdown of the defense I was just following orders that I've ever seen because on the one hand like it's it's very upfront about yeah you were told to do that thing and maybe not doing that thing would have gotten you killed or gotten someone you love killed or whatever but on the other hand like that thing you did still really hurt people and killed people and those people were just as bad so, yeah. you know, where where does the right answer lie and who had the right to give that order and did they really have their... And it's just, it's really good. It's a really good complex breakdown of that question, which I personally think that is... I think that's always a worthwhile conversation to have because it's really easy to get into that situation in the real world, even though we're not pathologically obsessed with the concept of honor. Yeah, I love everything that you just said. I, I want all of it to be emblazoned in gold on, on the sky so everybody can see it. And okay, thank you, you mentioned that our society does not have that same kind of almost rabid attention or dedication to honor. And one of the things that I love so much about this book is that PC Hodgel really shows that society has been willing to follow the rules of honor so much to the letter of the law that they engage in consistently dishonorable and abusive and destructive behavior for the sole purpose of maintaining the traditions of 
maintaining the honor. That is the other really interesting thing is that basically the uh, Kenserath are so deep into the question of what is and isn't honorable that they've lost the ability to actually distinguish what the right move is. Yes. Like, and um, so in the f- it, it's very good. It's very in- well executed. And I think beyond the interesting points that the books make, like they're genuine, they're genuinely a lot of fun. The characters are really engaging. Jane does her best. Tori does his best, and Kendry is a genuinely good person. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I guess Briar is also a genuinely good person. Hey, you're missing the best person of all, Mark. Oh, I totally am. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Mark yeah. is also an absolutely great person. Yeah, there are a number of times where the book describes so beautifully a character have being faced with two choices. One of the choices will cause harm and uh and hurt a person and they can act you know insensitively and not really think about the consequences of their actions and whether or not their action actually hurts another person then the other choice on their hand is um actually thinking about it and actually asking the question yeah but if i do this thing then there's going to be this fallout and I have to accept I have to accept the responsibility of that fallout. And this leads us into the issue of trigger warnings, which I think is really of really which important. There are many. There, I, I, you you called it really well when you said because I started listing off all the trigger warnings, and you said no 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 no. Rather than listing something and talking for fifteen minutes about all of the different triggers, you said think of a trigger. If you can think of a trigger, it's in here. And that's, I think, part yeah. of the part of what's important. Um, and I do want to say the book handles everything. I would say this book is easily one of the most mature I've ever seen about handling things like child abuse, sexual violence, that sort of thing, in such a way that it's it's not dismissive, it's not manipulative, it doesn't use it for shock value or sort of needless. Uh, it doesn't use the characters as pawns to advance plot. You know, if if something bad happens to a character, it's not just discussed in terms of like, you know, well, this this has an effect on this character. Like they they have like they're allowed to have like an emotional response to this. They're allowed to be upset or afraid or whatever, and that's they're kind of given the narrative space to do that. But also, it's handled quite it's it's handled quite well in terms of okay, so. X person did Y thing, and we're going to talk about how that's fundamentally an abuse of power, and we're going to talk about how fundamentally this still ties back to this concept that power corrupts. And, like, speaking as someone who, like, I, I read at a extremely fast rate, and so as such, I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of books with, like, for example, sexual violence in them. And I would say that out of all the books I've read, the Kenserath does probably one of the best jobs of, like, okay, cool, so if we're going to set up a, a universe where the driving internal conflict is abuse of power, it, it logically follows that it's going to extend to someone abusing power in a sexual way, and we're going to take that very seriously and handle it very, uh, like, very sincerely in terms of, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how, you know, an abuse on any level is, a really acute violation in this kind of culture and how an abuse of power on sexual level is, you know, really disastrous in a way that people in the culture aren't always taught to think of. 
and it's it's quite well handled. That being said, do take care of yourselves. You know, we're always gunning to have people read these books, but be smart. We'll include relevant trigger warnings at the start of every episode. But like, yeah, everything from like child abuse to uh, straight up child murder. So yeah, is there anything you wanted to hit in particular on that, Mom? Well, I, part of what I love about the way that P.C. Hodgell addresses these really difficult topics in these in in basically human relationships, because any time that there is an abuse of power, that really speaks to how we relate with one another as human beings. One of the things that I love so much about the way that P.C. Hodgell addresses <laughs> part of the reason why I love the way that P.C. Hodgell addresses these challenges is that she, she as you said, each one of these instances are a are treated with care and each one acknowledges and recognizes the pain and suffering that is inherent within sometimes just being alive and that I think is really powerful um, so yeah definitely take yeah. really good care of yourself uh, like Gabe said we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, relevant trigger warnings and that will not include I mean, we will try very hard to have more specific trigger warnings than this covers everything. Although there may actually be chapters where we'll say, okay, this, this might actually cover everything. You need to be careful. Yeah. And that's, but like, you know, there are chapters where we'll be like, okay, specifically with this is going to involve like some discussion of child abuse or like specifically this is going to involve some discussion of like dysmorphia. coercive rape or like, yeah, we're going to specifically be talking about, uh, you know, this covers some discussion of like dysmorphia or like, the, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And we're going to do our best to be careful about it and adult. But there is one thing I wanted to cover real quick because it, if it's like your hard nope on this series, I totally understand, but it is something that I always feel the need to warn people up front about so they don't feel like I've conned them into something. Um, this series does feature incest fairly prominently in the Kenserath society for various reasons. Incest between cousins and siblings is not heavily, it, it's not, it's considered culturally normal because the high class is pretty inbred because they try to breed for strong magic. So if you have, for example, a pair of twins who have strong magical abilities, it's not uncommon for them to be arranged to get married in hopes of them having a child who's even more powerful. And the reason I bring this up is, first of all, because, like I said, if this is your, like, hard stop on the series, I totally get it. Like, take care of yourselves, et cetera, et cetera. And the primary, like, romantic relationship, although in fairness, we are eight books in with absolutely no progress because everyone in these books is a human train wreck. The primary relationship is Jane and her twin brother, who's also a decade older. It's a long story, Tori. So like approach with awareness of what you're getting into. If, like I said, this is, it, it's something that's very culturally normal in the Kenserath because they're trying to, they're, basi they're basically trying to breed the second coming. Which like is going great for them, as you might imagine. Yeah. If may, but, may so I it does mean that. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you can go go nuts. Go nuts. I just wanted to like hit that real quick. And I'm 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 glad. Yes. Thank you very much for including that. And and I think you're absolutely right. If that is if that's a hard stop, then thank you very much. Take care of yourself. That's the most important thing. Yep. Have a lovely have a lovely time. We do read the other books I've recommended here because I do super want to plug those at every available turn. <laughs> Yeah. How, but, if I may, 
And this is where I'm going to consciously engage not my English teacher, but my nerd. My nerd is, is just going to like go wild. Totally go wild here. Um, what I think is particularly important is that uh, within, within this context of this world, what really matters is that the people who find themselves able to communicate with other people, those, those like, for instance, for Jame and Tori, as you talked about, the reason that their relationship is so challenging and so constant throughout the book is because they are basically the only people who understand what it was like to grow up in their father's house. Yeah. And I think beyond that, there's something to be said for, especially with Jane and Tori, they are each other's best and occasionally only allies in a fairly shitty situation throughout the course of the series. So yeah. there is a level of entanglement. No, and I think that that, that I think is important because here's the, here's the difficulty. And, I, and we're, we're going to get into a little bit of semantics and I'm just going to ask you to be patient with me, okay? So with the term incest it's very easy to think of like for instance with with the borgias okay this yeah. is the jane Great and Morrison. nothing like the borgias okay with regards yeah. to there was no there's no consensual sexual activity between jane and Torrison. although they would they would like be within their rights they're both legal adults they yes. would like th there's no question of consent in that relationship, it's, I would say. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and I think that what, what is really important about these books is that P.C. Hodgell is willing to, to use these relationships and these people to really look at what drives the behavior and the abuse and the corruption that is underneath. Although, uh, again, I do want to point out, Tori Sen is probably one of the only, like, good people in these books. In oh, book. absolutely. <laughs> like... And Jane is doing her absolute best. Yes, and they are, they're such good people, and I swear to God, all, all you want to do is just, like, wrap Kindry in a blanket and give him a cookie. I just want to tell Taurus that you're doing like so good, honey, Tori really, you're head. doing okay. And Oh, Kindry deserves that, yeah. Yeah. Tori deserves maybe a good flap upside the head. Well, yeah, and at the same point, you know, somebody give him some gloves because his hands hurt, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and so, but, you know, so... Yeah, throughout it but, all. So I did want to cover that real quick, just in terms of, I wouldn't say that, like, obviously, you know, everybody's trigger warnings are unique and everything, but I, I wouldn't say that the um, relationship between Jame and Tori is handled in an inherently triggering manner. Like I said, there's no question of consent. There's no abuse. There's no, it, it is honestly one of the healthiest relationships in the books, but I know that that's just something that some people just don't like just don't care for in their media and that's totally totally okay yep. and uh no hard feelings have a lovely life read the imperial erotic they're amazing mm -hmm. that's that is all robin mckinley you read robin mckinley, robin McKinley. uh yeah Anyway, this has been this has just been a brief trigger warning adventure. Is there anything else you feel like we should hit on this subject? I think we've really covered pretty much everything. I'm just these are books that we really love. I think that I I personally and read them once a year. And demonstrably books that we get bogged down on pretty quick. Yeah. Also, like conversationally, we get bogged down pretty quick, which is, I think, a great lead-in to discussing a little bit of what we intend to do with this podcast. Yes, excellent. So in terms of podcast, what the way we're going to run it is basically we're going to do sort of a book club except instead of having to like actually physically go somewhere and interact with living human beings, um, you just turn on your podcaster of choice and you listen to us talk for an hour and 
presumably get incredibly distracted 20 minutes in and never get back on subject, which, like, I'm so, so sorry. We both have such bad ADHD. (laughs) Um, uh, But so the way we're going to run this is basically we're going to read a chapter a week and then we're going to talk about it on the podcast and release the episode. We will keep you fully apprised of what chapters we're reading. We have a link on our website to buy all of the books. I did the math. It is $37 and I want to say 48 cents to buy all eight books on whatever digital platform you prefer. Please, for the love of God, don't just... The covers, they're very bad. Don't hold the books to the standards of the covers. They're very bad. The original um, covers were so good. The original covers, the original so covers are so pretty. They're so nice. I'm sad. I'm, ang- I'm angry about it, actually, like, if we're all being totally honest here. But, so the point here is, you buy the books, we talk about the book, you hopefully speak to us about the books. If you want to, since there will be kind of a time window there between reading the chapter and doing the episode, you you guys will be totally free to submit stuff if you want us to talk about something in particular, or if you have any particular questions, or if you want to just, like, submit a question that's just like, hey, motherfuckers, I started reading these books, and now I'm really upset about XYZ character because, like, you tricked me. That is fine. We are we are adults and we can live with that. Yep. And although, like, I, I hope that you're not genuinely mad at us because I don't like it when people are mad at me because I'm, <laughs> I'm a toddler. <laughs> um, um, I have and I got distracted. God, you're doing you're doing thing that, you're doing so um, good. You're doing so good. So I'm trying my best. And so we're going to do it about one chapter a week. There may be weeks where we do more than one chapter because, like, there are sections of the second book, for example, that are just, like, traveling filler. Although, in fairness, the second book also gets into Tori and he gets to be a character and it's all very exciting. So, like, we're going to average about a chapter a week. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I think, and I think that's a really good, really good, because there are going to be some times when we're going to have to talk a lot about the content of what's happening. Yeah, and then, so with each episode, we're going to try and do kind of a general summary of what went down and then talk about our, you know, our, our feelings on the matter, of which there tend to be many. Um, and... Yeah, that's the plan. I went out and uh, bought some shitty copies of the Cancer Ass so that I can scribble in them to my heart's content without feeling horribly, horribly guilty about marking up a book because I'm the kind of person who feels horribly, horribly guilty about marking up books. And I think you've covered it. that covers our plans for the podcast. I think so. Um, we're gonna try and release. We're gonna try and release about once a week. Mom's schedule permitting because she's the one with audacity. Um, so she's going to be the one doing so that. much audacity. The audacity. Oh, oh, you, you, you mean that it. thing. I oh, yeah. Fucking, okay, gotcha. I fucking knew you were going to make that joke. Um, <laughs> and we are, I'm a asshole. I love my mom very much, but I am going to just like make fun of her for an hour a week, every week. Absolutely. Now. And the then plan. there are going to be times when I'm going to really, okay, I'm just, we're just going to be completely clear. She's going to make fun of me throughout the podcast and i'm going to basically talk about how the person that i'm doing this podcast with is my favorite person in the whole wide world she's like totally awesome Which just really does make me seem like a real prick by the way uh, you know but at the same point uh, you know we can we can throw shade pretty well we we really can and yet at the same point i'm also a little bit like a labrador puppy you know i just she is. i just I, I i love you a lot i think you're really awesome she just wants to be your I, I love I love that we can talk about these books and the fact that we if we can have oh my god if there's even just one other person in the world who discovers how 
awesome these books are. Yes, that is that is the core goal here. We are looking to recruit one single human being to these books. Talk to us if about you, these if books. You are, if you are a single human being who has started to read these books because we are doing a podcast, please tell us that we can like get really really hype about it absolutely um absolutely so so yeah you know Gabe and i hopefully it's going to be fun we're gonna you know have a really good time going through uh rathillion which is the world where the chronicles of kensarath occurs and we're going to be able to talk about our favorite people in the books and we're just going to really have a lot of fun and yeah i think that about covers it so in terms of contact you can find us at our blog, which is the podcast found in paleleather.tumblr.com, all one word. There's no hyphens or break. And uh, we have a ongoing, we're, we're trying to keep the blog maintained and we're doing a bad job, but we're doing our best. We're doing so our best. we're going to get better about it. I'm, I have, I have a personal blog where, like, if you have already read these books and you want to just talk to someone about them or you want to read my fucking ongoing tag of, like, please listen to me talk about the cancer act for just one second, please God, anyone, I am words writ in starlight, W-R-I-T, writ, with hyphens between each. Join me. I don't have a Twitter because I'm afraid of Twitter. I'm 100% sure you have a Twitter. I, I do. I, I do. But you know what? We're, we are podcast babies you may have listened to a lot more podcasts than i have but this is the very first podcast that we've done so on this score you and i are both babies We're we are babies. we are although like i actually listen to podcasts regularly so oh, that gives me a little oh, bit of a leg up you know you know defend yourself yeah yeah i've listened to all of the good place the podcast and i have all kinds of podcasts under my belt you have you do and i'm very proud of you i just but so you can find me at words writ in starlight at dot tumblr dot com and I don't do anything productive with that blog ever. Like, I, ju I just go on there and write fic. That's all I do. There's uh, so Mom, much also, good stuff there. There's so how do much you, good stuff uh, there. If, okay, stop tooting my horn for a second and tell people how to find you. Okay, you can find me on Tumblr with um, I'm Lost But Not Gone. Um, with hyphens between each one. And I'll give you more contact information next time because I'm not sure what to give right now. Best way to get a hold of us... And you'll have a Twitter next time. Yes, yes, I will. I will do that. And you can always contact us through the podcast Bound in Pale Leather because this is one of our favorite books and we love talking about it. So if you know anything about the Kenserath yep. series... Let us know. Join us. Do come find us. We would love to talk to you. Share this podcast with your friends, I suppose. And if you have ever tried to get someone to read these books and you want to just let some other random strangers, like, hype them up for you for a minute, we are we're here for you. Absolutely. We are emotionally and spiritually here for you on that front. Absolutely. Um, and we, and to be clear, to be clear, we might be podcast babies, but, you know, we are learning every single day. And, um, and we're going to try and get, like, an hour for each episode, yep. but, like, no promises. Yes, we're going to do because, our best. again, we ramble. Absolutely, absolutely. Really, really bad. So I all think, the time all. I think that pretty much covers it for today, don't you think, Gabe? I think that pretty much covers it, yeah. I think so. All right, so thank you so much for listening to the podcast Bound in Pale Leather. I'm Catherine. I'm Dave, and we'll be back next week. All right, see you, everybody. Bye.